Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Pauses Podcast. If you yourself has a story that you'd like to share to be on the podcast, please let me know at thepauspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you know somebody that has a story that they would like to share or their experience from life, please tell them to get in touch with me at thepauspodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, see you soon. Take care. Hi, and welcome to Spartacus Podcast. In this episode, I'm reunited with my good friends, Brian Marin and Greg Williams from Arcadia Cognorado. In this podcast, we talk about mindset, human pattern behavior, recognition, positivity, situational awareness, behaviors, habits, and how we kind of think as humans and much more. Now, sit back, relax and enjoy this special episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Parsivity, 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 Tune in. Brian, Greg, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing? Thank, thanks so much for having us on, man. We always enjoy coming on and talking to you, and, and we always we always get a kick out of it. And like I've told you before, like we always like going on other people's shows because it's like more fun yeah. for us. I don't have to do any work or editing after this, so I just get to yeah. show up and have a good <laughs> conversation. So I'm all about it. <laughs> and there's there's yeah. no question that you're our favorite uh, uh, podcast host across the pond. Uh, uh, we can't say that about the, the U.S. because you got some stiff competition over here, but it's fantastic. Yeah. You've got a great <laughs> variety of guests, the international audience. Uh, you're always coming up with uh, uh, unique stuff that's fun to talk about. So we're huge fans, Anna. Yeah, no, I, I'm really grateful to be connected with you guys and to be your friends and to be able to do this. And, you know, I was always, always appreciate, you know, supporting what I do. And yeah, I think, you know, you guys got a great podcast as well. And you have some really interesting guests on and, um, you know, I was watching a few of them recently and, 
you know, what you guys are about, if people, you know, aren't too aware of, you know, what you guys do, you're very much into like, you know, human pattern, recognition, behavior, and mindset. Um, do, you, do you mind kind of like kind of people who don't know, you know, what that's about and kind of, you know, what, what you guys look at? Yeah, if, if Brian doesn't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll Go start. For it, Greg. My, yeah. my, my thing is that most people uh, have uh, either a dim worldview uh, or they're clueless uh, to what's around them and the beauty and the wonder of, of life and other humans and every story that they run into when they meet another human being. So my early work was just uh, to predict uh, the very few uh, scientifically insignificant number of people that want to do you harm or are having a bad day that, that might run into your path and how to de-escalate that uh, quickly uh, uh, without violence and go along your way because life is too short to have to mess with those folks. And what that did is that turned into a huge thing in, uh, in my martial arts work, which turned into a huge thing in the, the military and the police work. And uh, along the way, I was lucky enough to meet uh, uh, just really smart, forward-thinking people uh, that had a lot of moxie, like Brian and, uh, you know, some of the other people that we work with. And then Brian and I uh, uh, winnowed down the, you know, four or five things, let's say, that are most important in your day that uh, could be cues that you're going to have a very good day or a very bad day. And we just show people how to figure those out in their own lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's what, you know, Greg, you know, we call it human behavior pattern recognition and analysis, which is something human behavior pattern recognition is something everyone already kind of is born knowing how to do, right? So, you know, when you look at someone like, oh man, that person's upset, or this is, uh, 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 this situation feels weird, or I'm off here, or what's going on there, right? That's that pattern recognition, but, but the, the, what we don't ever really get any training or, or education in is the analysis part or it's often done from an ideological perspective where we just take it from a behavior perspective, right? So we just look at, hey, this is what that means. This is how you can use that information that you already know how to do. And then do some predictive analysis here in real time and go, hey, what, what's likely going to happen next? So how do we mitigate a catastrophic event from happening? How do we make something better, uh, change our situation, mm -hmm. right? So it's all it's all a very intuitive skill set. And, and, and Greg just kind of kind of simplified all the science so that you can get it at a street level. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, and, and Adam, Brian yeah. and I both know you uh, uh, for a long time now. And in the context that we uh, think of you, it's always mm. in a car. You're always, you know, sitting in a car doing your broadcast, which we absolutely love. So this is a new look for you inside, <laughs> yeah. uh, inside somebody else's home, I'm sure. Uh, but the, yeah. uh, the idea is that we yeah. <laughs> With your car comes uh, responsibility, and and one of the things that yeah. people notorious, uh, are notorious for doing is uh, they'll fill the fuel, uh, uh, but they won't do any of the other preliminary checks. They won't uh, uh, keep the battery uh, uh, charged with a very cheap trickle charger that you can buy at a store. They won't mm. keep their windshield washer reservoir filled or uh, routinely change their wiper blades. Uh, they won't do uh, things like, uh, you know, uh, fill in the radiator uh, when it's low and making sure that they check the local temperatures mm. to figure out not just to add water. And, and you're saying, well, why the hell is he talking about a car? Because your brain and your body, your emotions, your life are much like that car. And if all you keep doing is filling it with fuel, you're just going out there eating and then driving to see what's up. Uh, you might think that you're having a great life, but you're having an unfulfilled life and you're just going to run into the red until the car mm -hmm. breaks down. If you take just a couple of minutes every day and every week mm -hmm. 
and, and you work on your emotions and you work on your mindfulness and you work on your delivery to other people and you understand things like situation awareness and human behavior, you're going to have a much more fun, uh, uh, granularity and fidelity filled life than you could ever imagine. And you won't run into, uh, uh, likely run into many of the pitfalls that those people that are just going through the motions every day have to deal with. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I think like, you know, like people in their day to day lives, like, as you mentioned, just kind of run, go through the motions and they're kind of blind spots and not really seeing or looking at and right. get, get caught up in these like habits, you know, and whether that's, I don't know, it could be their car or it could be, you know, their diet or it could be, you know, their lifestyle or the people they're around. And it's like that self-awareness, isn't it? And really looking at, you know, things that are going on and, you know, with um, the, the car side, I mean, I, I have my MOT. I don't, I don't know if you call it a service check in, your, in, in the US or something like that. And mm -hmm. it, it ended up failing my car recently. And the guy was like, oh, these, these things need doing, these things need doing. And I said to him, well, I didn't, I didn't realize there was any problems. They like, looked at me like gone out. So it's those things you mentioned, those little bits in between, just taking care of it, just checking it, um, you know, then it prevents problems from happening. But I, and I was thinking as well, like I remember on some of your episodes, you, you guys talk about um, how we're most like, is it like vulnerable in our, is it in our um, like homes or where we live, we get comfortable. Um, but then you did an episode recently, which I found really interesting. Um, oh, what's it called? Where people have an advantage if they're in one spot before the people, if that makes sense. Yeah, home field, home advantage. field advantage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the idea of the home field advantage is that there are certain things that you are knowledgeable that like, like, for example, if you move into a new house or you're staying at a hotel overnight, every single sound, every bump, every time the radiator kicks on or kicks off, you're going to be surprised by it and you're going to get up and startled and, you know, somebody's going down the hall and uh, you're going to think, oh my gosh, they're coming right into my room. And what you do is you tend to, to, to uh, outlive uh, the, the, those uh, uh, external arousals. Uh, uh, and become very aware that they're not going to be threatening. So your brain filters them out. You, you tend not to see them anymore. So that gives you a home field advantage. The other thing is you can actually stack up things in your home, whether it's a fire extinguisher, a smoke alarm, or a, a, a baseball bat behind the door. If you have uh, uh, Randy roommates like uh, Marin, uh, you can see right there, it goes right <laughs> out into the street there, uh, uh, downtown Oceanside. But the idea is that that uh, mentally you have the advantage in defense, you have three to one odds, and then in an urban de defense up to five to one odds, which uh, gives you a good offense. Now we, we don't want uh, uh, people to think that you're gonna be more vulnerable in your home. Uh, you're, you're probably a lot less vulnerable in your home, but there's a few things you can do to, to up armor your home and your brain. Brian, uh, uh, contrary wise, uh, was mentioning uh, gas stations, how, how afraid he was of, of gas stations. We did an uh, episode recently because now you're out of your comfort zone. And even if it's a gas station you go to every week, there's a lot of turmoil that can happen in that area. So you have to compartmentalize your brain and go, okay, I'm walking out to my porch. Now I'm outside. Now I'm going to get in my car. Now I'm in public. Now I'm going down the road and I'm going to the local market. If you don't take those things into account, what happens is your brain will be in a rut, in a groove, like the old uh, records uh, that people don't remember records, but uh, uh, maybe in the UK, they're much more popular than they are now in the United States. But the idea is that if you get into that groove, you're going to miss those differences in your baseline, just a little insignificant smell or taste or feel or sound 
And that might be the difference of life and death. So we mm -hmm. try to tune people into paying attention into those what seem like insignificant differences. And, and Greg, Greg gave the explanation of that kind of external way of looking at it, of your environment for understanding and sense making and problem solving and safety and general awareness and all that stuff. So there's always two sides to that coin of everything you just said. He said, so we miss certain things because we're stuck in that groove, but because we're wired that way, guess what? If I come up with some really, really great life patterns to do every day, I'll get stuck in that groove, except this groove is a very positive one, right? It's the getting up at this and staying consistent and having these goals, like just a little bit at a time, I start giving that, that groove gets deeper and deeper and it gets thicker and thicker. And it's harder for my brain to not be in that groove. So if it's a good one, that's good. That's what we want. We want to repeat mm. that behavior. And if it's that bad one, I have to take that step back and go, wow, how did I get all the way down this path? Because there are always slow incremental changes you're, you're less likely to notice, right? So this is why we kind of miss a lot of things in our environment, or we might pick up a bad habit or something like that. It always happens slowly, starting when we're hanging around with different group of people, then I'm staying up too late. Now I'm doing this. Next thing you know, I'm skin popping heroin and, and trying to earn money on the street, you know? And it slowly happens over time. <laughs> that's that's so, how I met Brian, by the way. That's how we met, by the way. So, <laughs> so uh so at the at the time, uh, Greg had the best smack in town, man. I mean, his stuff was the best. But but if I flip, if I flip that coin and I'm trying to make those positive changes, Adam, like uh, I I can do that to myself. I can start doing slow incremental changes over time to the point where it's going to be a month and I don't even realize it. I'm like, wow, I'm doing way better. You know, my my my, my wife always says it where she's like. I get super frustrated. She gets slammed at work. Then she's not eating great because she's trying to grab food as she can. And then she doesn't work out. And then she's this. And then so mm -hmm. she wants to come with it. Okay, Sunday, I'm going to make up a meal plan and, and I'm going to start getting up at this time. And I'm going to start to, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just do, do mm -hmm. one thing tomorrow. Start by doing one thing. And then once that becomes routine, you do one more. And then once that becomes routine, you do one more. Three months later, you're like, holy crap, I made some major changes and it didn't take too many calories to burn. I'm all about that mm -hmm. low calorie intervention. And, and, mm -hmm. and Adam, Brian's talking about your brain's chemistry. So yep. they're involuntary and autonomic things like yawning. And the reason that when you yawn uh, or even talk about yawning, that people start, start yawning, yawning around you yeah. <laughs> is it's a survival mechanism of the brain. Uh, yawning doesn't mean you're tired. It can, but that's not what it's about. Yawning cools uh, your brain temperature immediately. It drops at a few degrees, which is essential to your survival and focus. So if you fall asleep on guard duty, you might be overrun. So your brain is trying to trigger that response and go, okay, let's get clear headed here. Let's calm down and see what's going on. And they figure, your brain figures that if you're amongst other humans, they need it too. So that's why the other humans, oh, they mimic that behavior. So you can turn a simple science like that to something that'll change your life. So if you smile, other people will smile around you and smiling mm. changes your brain chemistry. It makes you happy and uplifts you and, and, and other people as well. And then if you have a genuine laugh that goes along uh, before the, the uh, broadcast, we were laughing about many of Brian's addictions and faults and we had a good laugh about it. Okay. Those things are great for you. That's why you want to get around with your friends and, and, and have good times and smile when you meet people. I would say, even when you're on your phone, smile when you're talking to other people and it'll adjust your brain chemistry and you'll have a better day and they'll start yeah. smiling even though they don't see you they'll start smiling on the other end of that phone that's something you can fix mm -hmm. and and again like brian said that's a short incremental change that'll update and fulfill your life mm -hmm. yeah no it's 
Yeah, it, it's so it's so important, isn't it? And it, it's it's so powerful when you break it down like that. That you know, it just requires you know those kind of small one percent, isn't it? They all kind of add up and and all build and compound. Well, yeah, and and think about it. It's it's like your hair. You and Marin both have the best hair <laughs> in the world, and it didn't just come naturally. If you would see Marin work for hours, I mean, he's counting the strokes when we're in the rental car. So, so Greg, Greg training, is doing this you know? to try to try to make himself feel better because he's no, I just yeah. shake my head out in the morning and it turns out like this. It's like a it's like a lion's mane and gold comes out of it and stuff. You got one good thing going for me, Greg. Let me have it. No, no. But but the idea is that whatever that is, whether it's whether it's your workout, you know, or taking a walk with your dogs, or or uh, mm. having a cup of coffee and watching the sunset, whatever those things are, they're uniquely yours, and embrace them and repeat those behaviors that make you feel better. Because guess what? They're good for you and they're good for the people around you. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's really, really good points. And I think when you when you start doing that, when you start doing these things, you become more aware, I think, of what what you kind of tap into and what you like and what you don't like. And it's like if if I drink alcohol, you know, more than if I have a few more glasses of wine than I'm used to, it, I feel it, you know, and I, and I recognize exactly. that. And then my body, my mind's good, like, doesn't it? No. Do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Marin's addiction is so strong now he's got to stop and go get a drink. So it's okay, Brian. <laughs> Yesterday was St. Patty's Day. He's still a little raw. No, but what you're saying is absolutely true. And and so understand that that a lot of what we did in our, our professional lives was targeting. We yeah. went out to find bad guys. We went out to set up bad guys so we could take them off the grid because they were horrible humans and needed to be in another place. So to do that, all we did for human behavior pattern recognition analysis for, uh, you know, law enforcement, first responders or HR and students and teachers and normal folks on the road. And when I say normal, I mean clinical average citizens, right? What we did is we flipped the script. So uh, you telegraph everything that's about you by the things that are around you. Like, like I can look through the camera and see the things that are set up on the wall behind you and see the, the, the type of clothing that you're wearing. I can go out and take a peek in your car and look in your ashtray and, you know, do a dumpster dive. And I can tell you everything about your life, the type of things that you like, what you don't like, the, the things that you're more prone to do, what parts of your life are a show. Uh, like me, I go out and I buy all these books and I set the books up and people go, oh, he must be a well-read person. I, I can't read where the shit, but, but uh, the, the idea is that I'm projecting <laughs> that I can't. <laughs> and you both know that this is a suit coat that I took off the rack at the you know, mm -hmm. local Red Cross. The idea is whatever image that you choose to project to the world, you also have this hidden <laughs> that with a little bit of training, people can find out about. So what we do is mm -hmm. we specialize in showing people how to read that. And you can use those same skills to change your life. Mm. No, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely powerful, isn't it? And I think... You know, these like little things that I think people don't, you know, these things that people don't think about, they're definitely things that stand out. And like it's profile, you know, like profiling, isn't it? I think, yes. I think I'm kind of, you know, I'm thinking of like online dating, you know, it's a bit like that. You know, I'm looking at, you're looking at people online, you think, oh, they look a bit, you know, and you're kind of profiling and looking at all the little tiny intricate details. And I think it, it would you say, you know, like people doing job interviews, don't they? If they interview somebody, they're looking at them, how they look, how they come across. Um, it's why, you know, if I do sometimes podcasts, I like to touch base with people, you know, before I do it, you know, to see who they are, how they sound, how they come across. Sure. You know, it's all these little tiny little things that kind of um, fall in between. 
Well, the things that you could find out that are horseshit, uh, pardon the, the vernacular, uh, uh, the non-scientific things, like for example, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a member of, uh, of uh, uh, AmishFarmersOnly.com, which is a very niche market. Very niche on the, market on, the thing. on that one. Uh, yeah. uh, it's not a lot of people on that one, uh, uh, just so you know, and I don't know why, something with the electricity. No, but the idea is that uh, relationships can grow even remotely on those sites when people are honest and they put their best foot forward and they're transparent and, and they, they open their minds and their hearts and their eyes to think. And this is why phishing people can do so much damage to insecure people or those prone with anxiety because you want to believe. And we did an episode on that too, uh, uh, not for that context, but for UFOs and Bigfoots and stuff. But the idea is that you want to believe the best of that. And then if a person's complimentary to you and going, oh, that's wonderful, you'll fall for it all the time. Now, the relationships through phishing clearly won't last, but the relationships where hmm. people are transparent and, and you expose yourself warts and all. I mean, you got to show everything, right? You got to show that you don't look very good when you get up in the morning and it takes four or five hours to get this hmm. last sprig of hair to stand up. Those are the type of things that you have to share with people. And I would be here to tell you uh, as a subject matter expert in human behavior that they'll love you more for it. If you're your genuine self, people are going to love you more for that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely it, isn't it? I think that's something that we were talking about previously is like, um, you know, in the world today, like you, was, you know, you said about podcasting and how people are, um, people respect you more if you're being yourself and being genuine, and people are going to see, you know, if you're not being yourself. And I think that's something that I see a lot on social media, you know, people trying to be like X, Y, Z, or trying to be like someone else because they may be insecure or, whatever, or that kind of thing. I think it, it's so important to, to be yourself. And, a lot um, of that, a lot of was, that too, just, Adam. Is, sorry, sorry, no, with because you brought up a great point about the social media stuff and people yep. maybe being insecure. It, a lot of it too, what you see on there is look, all humans we we mimic each other. It's actually how we learn, even as children, like it through through social mimicry, through mimicking how our parents act and talk and and treat and and looking at other people's reactions to a situation and engaging it. So we're sociologically very reliant on everyone around us to learn and to act. So if you might not have a strong sense of self-identity or very opinionated, which is nothing wrong. Some people are very opinionated and they know what they like and what they want. And other people are like, well, I'm a little bit open to anything. You know, what will happen is you'll just kind of just start mimicking what you see and who you follow on Instagram or whatever, right? Say, oh, well, that person's posting stuff like that or I can do that or I'll do something similar. It's like, I always, I always joke around my wife because she's on Instagram and she follows a bunch of like, um, like fashion bloggers, all these girls that post different stuff. And I laugh my ass off because every one of their stories that they put on there is exactly the same. It always starts off like, Hey guys. So I'm just doing it like every single one. I'm like, every different one is exactly the same. And I laugh so hard because, but it's just, that's, that's social, that's just mimicry. Right. And that's how we learn. So, mm. so sometimes we might do that. And then now if we're following a bunch of people and we're heavily influenced by what they're doing we'll start doing it without even really having a full mm. understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it mm. and, and, and adam yeah. you can understand i i i hate all social media i don't understand it the only social media i'm on is our podcast which brian hosts and, and produces and directs and everything and linkedin 
And you can see on LinkedIn how many missteps I've done on there because I just don't get it, you know. And I'm personally wishing the <laughs> 5,792 uh, uh, people that follow me, I'm, you know, uh, jamming daily. Happy birthday, uh, Hans, you know, because I'm there from all over the place. I really believe in that stuff. I really think that way. And that's what drew me to your podcast because Brian and I come into contact with posers every day. And so we're out there and somebody uses somebody else's quote and somebody else's article and then asks the question, what do you think about it? Well, kiss my ass. What did you write? Publisher perish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Innovators stagnate. I, I don't want to, yeah. I, you know, hey, how was your breakfast this morning? Well, you know, what do you work for the travel agency? Do me a favor. <laughs> either shut up or come up with something that's interesting that mm. we can talk about. And that doesn't mean quoting other people and mm. coming in with, uh, uh, you know, music that somebody else has written. It's like giving your uh, girlfriend a mixtape. Uh, uh, when you're mm. young, you think that's the greatest thing in the world mm. because I like these songs. Then when you get a little older, you figure you're the king of the local douchebags because what you've done is you've done nothing but give them somebody <laughs> else's words. You know, even if you took a flat-sided crayon, no yeah. offense, friend. Uh, Brian Mayer, uh, even if you took a flat-sided crayon and spelled every word wrong, no offense, Brian, but the idea is, and then drew stick figures and, and hurt yourself with blunt crayons, Brian, uh, the idea is that you're still expressing love. That was my birthday card that Brian sent me, uh, yeah. but I, you know, it was the meaning. Uh, uh, everything else looked uh, horrible. I'm a Marine Greg, mm. so I've, I've eaten all the crayons that I have. Yeah, you have. You have. Yeah. You were, he, he was trying to punch the envelope to make it work. And Brian didn't understand the U.S. postal system, so he drew his own card and he drew his own stamp on the envelope. It did. It almost worked. It almost worked. <laughs> yeah, I think you get what we're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. I think, like you said, it's, it's uh, I think people put out a lot of horse crap you know and they they um not being genuine and they just kind of circulating kind of things that are just going to kind of going around you know and i think if if you want to just put something out there i think like it's like when i post stuff, i'm very mindful of what i post and like what mm -hmm. i think about posting like, i don't want to i i think about how people are going to perceive it you know and yeah. and what the context is if that makes sense and that's yeah, yeah that's why i you know i really like your work because you know you're genuine in what you do and authentic so, so I'll apologize to anybody that just puts out other people's work. That, that's absolutely fine. If that makes your day, if that uplifts you in some way and you make somebody else smile with the uh, uh, cat sitting on the Roomba, by all means, do it. I love that one. Yeah, I know you do. That's why I brought it up. But at the end of the day, uh, separate that into the bucket where it goes. That's like, uh, you know, looking at fine art or watching the sunset. Those are great things for you. And again, if they're uplifting, that's wonderful. But but I, I'm talking to the people that think that they're actually fixing or helping people fix their own lives. And I think you do a lot of that. I, I mean, I learned more just listening to you do an interview when you were sitting in your car with, uh, at the beginning, Adam, no offense, but at the beginning, some were really grainy and the sound was absolutely horrible and stuff. But what it was is you were genuinely just, talking to yeah. people. Go re-listen to and our first episodes. <laughs> yeah, we laugh. We go back and, and we're nobody. Yeah. We're nothing. we got six followers in lower uh, East Croatia. Yeah. But, but uh, at least we know him by name, you yeah. know? And, and the idea is that, that you found your voice and you found your rhythm. And that's what I'm encouraging people to do. You don't need to, to express your interest mm -hmm. and, and, and tell people about these other things. Let me know about you. Your podcast will increase uh, exponentially mm -hmm. overnight if you're genuine and if people get to know you, I think that's great. 
and, yeah. and to, to all no, that and I, I appreciate that you do that adam where you say like you know what i'm kind of mindful about what i post and how to explain it and how people are yep. going to take it you know that that shows uh and I, I always tell people i i understand how the social media thing works and if you're trying to grow an audience you got to keep and stay on there but you'll see like with us like I'll go a week without posting anything at all because I'm so busy working and doing yeah. other stuff that I don't have time for that. And then, you know, every time mm. I post the same thing, like I have to put thought into that. I have to make sure it's done correctly. I have to make sure it's not misunderstood with the point I'm trying to get across. And so mm. I have to lay that out and that takes time. And, and you know what, sometimes it does really well mm. and people like it and share it. And then, Oh my God, a week later we have a thousand more followers, but, but sometimes it doesn't and it falls flat and it just, I, I don't, I, but I am careful about that. And when, as soon as someone comes in with a negative comment or something against it, you see it, I immediately reply with a very, let me be very clear about our intent with what we posted. And you know what? They don't have any comebacks or they delete their message or they do whatever. And, and, and it's important. Like mm -hmm. if everyone just took that second and go, well, what, what am I doing sharing this? Because a lot of it's just like, oh my gosh, did you see this? And everyone shares. It. It's like, what about it? Oh my, did you not see it? It's like, yeah, but what, what is it like? I can't believe this is happening, but like what, yeah. what's happening? How is this affecting you? Well, no, it's not affecting me, but this is going on. It's like, you don't even know how authentic that post was that you're sharing. You don't, you did know, you did no background search on any of that mm -hmm. situation. Why are you getting so emotional about it and having this reaction to something that doesn't affect your life personally? Mm -hmm. So, so it's It's always good to have that kind of like space and to realize when you're going into that, like, I was like, well, it's social media, so it's not the real world. And then it kind of helps filter out some of that bad stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I really appreciate, you know, what you guys said. And, you know, with, with the podcast, when I started it, you know, I just used my phone. You know, I just did it on mm -hmm. audio yeah. with, with this phone I have. And, you know, as you go along, you just kind of, you just you know you kind of it, it, it feels like i'm learning to drive you know i felt like i was learning to drive again if that makes sense and i'll just that is it unconscious competent or you know you're just kind of rolling with it and just picking it up and i think what you mentioned like you know just you're going to get people you're probably going to get flack you know posting stuff but i think if yeah. it's that deeper meaning to why you're doing it isn't it like you guys there's a deeper meaning why you're doing what you're doing you're passionate about it you care about it and i've never seen any other podcast like yours and you look at things, you can be very, you know, you're very like analytical, you have to be quite analytical in your approach and you, you interview different people, but you, it's, it's, it's really good content because it gets you thinking. I mean, I don't, I don't live in the States. I've been to the States, but I was thinking some of the things you was talking about, I could still apply to my life, if that makes sense. And um, I think it's, it's really resourceful. Well, we appreciate that. And, and, and the idea didn't come along accidentally. Uh, you know, I do what I do. Anybody that, that watches me on a podcast and meets me in real life will go, that's the same ass. That's him. Uh, uh, because I talk the same. I look the same. I dress the same. I don't put on any airs. I, I don't do anything. It's just I don't have this crap with me when I'm walking through the airport. But it's a testament to Brian Marin because yeah. what Brian did is Brian took what Shelly and I were talking about and what he and I were talking about and what Martin and I were talking about, all the people that we work with. And Brian said, you know what? There's a show here. We talk in the car. We talk in the lobby of the hotel on the way to training. We talk in the hallway out of uh, uh, between mm -hmm. training events. And that's priceless information that we could give out there for free 
that that might help somebody have an easier go of things. And so Brian, Brian put it together with the, the tongue in cheek, the joke, the left of Greg, because he's always the one that's driving the rental sled, you know, and he's always left of of Buddha, you know, sitting next to him, spouting all these wonderful things. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm wrong too. And, and when I'm wrong, it's, it's funny. Uh, uh, so, you know, there's certain things that I care about and certain, certain things yeah. that I don't. When I street up a definition or a story, I don't care about certain facts and timelines and everything. I care about the science and the gist of it. And so Brian will have to come back in and go, what Greg was meaning when he said that. And that's hilarious. And, and I think that's the difference is that if nothing <laughs> else were genuine, you know, and, and, and that means you get a couple of fragile little snowflakes with problems. And, and I think people like to see that mm -hmm. more than some slicked up show, you know, where, where they do rehearsal. Certainly we don't do any. No, no. <laughs> in fact, we no. probably should sometimes. Yeah. I'm thinking that's one of the critiques I'll write down. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's good. That it's part of the process, isn't it? That, you know, people like you when it's more natural and not like as rigid and, I've, I've sometimes been on shows like that and kind of makes me feel uncomfortable if, if, if I'm in that is, you know, I like it, to, you know, to be natural. I think that's where the, the kind of magic happens. And, and, and um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also think that, that sometimes uh, uh, we get too big for our own britches. Like, like I, I try to watch a show and then they have 17 acronyms in the first five minutes and it's like, okay, I got to write those down and then I got to remember them. And the person says, here's the seven steps of this and the nine steps of that. And here's the 13 acronym. And then they take whatever word it is like masturbation and uh, M stands for, married, and, stands for and then by the, by the first 10 minutes, I forgot what the hell the show is about. And, and that's the other thing I love about yours is that when you talk to people, you just talk. So what are you doing now? What do you do there? And how did that change? And, you know, what, you know, how did you folks meet and what were your first steps? I think there's a person at home that's watching that because they don't want scripted reality. They don't want this, the, mm. this reality that somebody is putting forth. They want to hear the real thing and, and you're as real as it gets. No, cheers. I really, I really appreciate it guys. And like, I had a message actually yesterday from a guy on Instagram and he said, it really helps him. You know, he said he's been going for a rough patch and it really helps him. And I was like, you know, it really meant a lot. You know, if it helps one person, you know, one person, yeah, you must get like... Was it Brian? Come on, you can tell us. Was it, <laughs> it was me. It was Brian. It was my, yeah. burner, it was my yeah. burner account. There's nobody listening. Yeah. It's just we three here, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my yeah, burner account. <laughs> perfect. Now the FBI's yeah. listening. Yeah. That's it. And I've just, I've got like a few questions as well. And um, oh, that's great. I'll start... I'll, who, who wants to who wants to answer them first? Him. Go, yeah, well, whatever. Go ahead. Just <laughs> fire fire away. We'll jump in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, like, you know, have you got any like role models like growing up or like even now? Would you say or mentors? Um, yeah, so I've been fortunate to have like it's I guess a series of of mentors at some point throughout my life. And I think it it kind of I didn't realize how important it was actually, you know, you never really do at the time, obviously, but but later on, especially with my wife keeps coming up as an example, because she's in business and this is, you know, she does sales and she's really, really good at what she does. And she's never had a good business mentor because her whole thing, I'm like, babe, like you don't have someone that's showing you the way she's had these managers and they're just, 
not bad people, but just like bad managers, bad leaders, like they don't develop their people. And that's when you get that is that's where you learn the most. So, I mean, as a kid, I had, I had a, a neighbor uh, down the street. He was three years older than me. He was kind of like an older brother to me. That was a mentor. I mean, we both played a ton of baseball. He would help me out a lot. I had my cousin who, who was an older cousin, who was my confirmation sponsor then, then, and, and was, you know, in martial arts and, and a number of different areas. He mentored me. Um, I had mentors in martial arts that I did uh, a bunch of different programs like that. And then growing up and then kind of in, you know, because I was in the military as well, like you, you have a built-in mentorship pro process. Uh, sometimes it works better than others, but it's, it's built in. So you have that to develop you as a go, as you go along. And then when you're out on your own, man, it's, it's tough. Cause then I had a few years where I didn't have that. And then, so so now, like, you, you know, you, you, you realize like, man, I don't have someone just kind of saying, hey, Brian, why don't you try this? Or, you know what, you need to just do do more of this. And so if you can have that, and then even Greg, even though we have a business relationship, I mean, he's mentored me in this process. So mm -hmm. like, I, I've always had that, you know, looking back, I didn't know it at the time sometimes, but if you can identify that or have that person, man, it, it's so, so powerful and so good for your own personal development. Yeah, and, and, mm -hmm. and Adam, with me, it was mm -hmm. my, my dad, Andy Williams. So Andy Williams hmm. was the uh, drunkest, roughest former Marine. Uh, he beat my mom, but my mom beat him back. Uh, we came from the Hitton clan. Uh, my dad had a full family that nobody knew about all the way up until his funeral. And then we learned that, you know, he had other relations in other places where he was holding that together. He had a, uh, you know, 40 year career with Sears Roebuck and company. He had his own company during that entire time that he would pull people out of the grease and help them out with whatever issues that they had. And here was this guy that every other word was a swear word and that, you know, he was the original that you're going to cry for three minutes and then you're never going to cry again about this. So get your ass to work. I mean, he was the roughest human I've ever met in my life. And the idea was that he was my my grounding board. He was he was what got me through situations where I could look at this guy that grew up with nothing in the Appalachians of Tennessee, uh, came to Detroit because of the auto industry, couldn't make it work, you know, uh, uh, lied to get into the Marine Corps, uh, got blown up in Shuri Castle, you know, as an island hopper, and he still held it together. He was still dad. He was still there every day, you know, that he could be. Uh, he had to have a shoe specially made because uh, part of his leg was blown off, and he had a hair lip that would make Joaquin Phoenix envious uh, from a uh, trampol and a grenade. And uh, he would stand when he was shaving and he would have a pair of tweezers and camphophonique to pull shrapnel out of his face because he would break a razor uh, uh, shaving it. And every day he was at breakfast and every day he was at dinner and every day he was asking us what we were thinking or teaching us a skill. And, and you know, <laughs> he made me bulletproof. There's nothing in my life uh, that, that can hurt me knowing what I had to endure with that. And, and then I'll, I'll return the favor. I'll tell you that I have mentors like Brian. Uh, Brian has been a calming influence in my life. I'm a bit of a, uh, uh, I don't know what the correct word is uh, for it, an arse. You get what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, uh, I'm not the easiest person to uh, live with or deal with. And uh, I'm always on transmit. And Brian was able to, to change things around and make me take a look and, and see that there were consequences for certain actions that I made. So, you know, that's what you do is you pick up the great and you leave behind the detritus, the bad. Uh, for somebody else to to wade through and go through your garbage. Uh, but, you know, I'm in a much better place having had those coaches and role models. I, I have no idea where I'd be now. Mm. Wow. No, I, I really appreciate you guys, you know, like talking about, like, you know, role models and, um, 
I think like it's so important, isn't it? You know, like in life to have role models and, you know, how, how much you can grow and develop through, you know, learning from other people and their experiences and having that mentorship and that guidance um, in so many areas. And, you know, I, I, you know, for me, like, think of mentors, I've just got my dog in here. Um, I think of the mentors, like, you know, you guys are big mentors to me. You know, I, I really oh, thank you know, you. take a lot of guidance and, you know, from you guys. And, you know, you always support me in what I, what I do. And it really, you know, means a lot. And um, I've got another question as well. I was just thinking, do you yeah. guys read? Like, um, have you got any favorite books or anything like that that you've read? Most of mine are, are picture books. Uh, I like those. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, his wife I, reads from just before he falls yeah, asleep. Yeah, before actually. I fall asleep. Yeah. Now I got the little one, and so we've we've gone past my reading level. So now she reads to me, so she can go to bed at night. So, um, no, I I mean I I try to read as much <laughs> as as humanly possible. Um, you know what, and it's generally from recommendations from people. Hey, there's a great book about this. You got to check out, or a book about this. Everything from historical stuff to science to human behavior to, you know, I haven't done. I've actually funny because I haven't read a lot of fiction since I was younger and in school and had to read a lot of this stuff. And I've actually recently been like, you know what, I got to get back into some just good literature that you can all the characters are fully developed and you can suspend disbelief and get involved in these stories because that's what life is. You know, I was always so focused. I want to learn the science and the history and, and I want to learn the etymology of this word and where did that come from and, and why does this occur? And then all of that knowledge is encapsulated in all the great stories. You know, I want to go back and read Tolkien again, knowing what I know now, you know, I want to, I want to go back and read all that stuff that I did had as a kid, but like, you know, I didn't fully understand it as a kid, you know, now I'd be like, holy cow, this is an amazing adventure. So reading, yeah, whether it's a magazine or a news article, I generally don't do too much of that more. So just, I mean, books, man, I mean, everything, Every, everything's already happened in life. It's already been written down and someone's talked about it. Every experience you will ever have, someone has already experienced that. Unless you're talking about, go, you're, you're the first person to go to Mars. Okay, but, but there's been other examples of someone being the first person somewhere else. So, so you can take from that. So all the lessons have been learned. So yeah, reading, I mean, constantly, constantly. Yeah. And with me, uh, it's the it's old awesome. book thing. I, I, I always have... Uh, uh, what I call my run book. It's down in the gym. It's my iPad that I can do the, the e-zines on there or whatever they're called, the books. Um, then I have the bathroom book right now. I'm reading one that uh, Brian Marin's dad sent me saying nothing <laughs> about the troubles. It's an amazing book. Brian, you'll get that when I see you in Virginia. And then I have a desk book, a book at my desk, because I just have to take this immense cabeza and empty it out a couple of times a day or I'll, you know, blow top. And so what I do is I, I have those books staged around because there's nothing on television that's going to be interesting to me unless it's Family Guy or, you know, an oldie on Turner Classic like the Philadelphia Story or uh, Bringing Up Baby or something. I love the old ones. Um, I'll tell you, uh, the book that changed <laughs> my life was probably uh, when I was much older in life. And it was a, a, a you know, dog-eared version of uh, uh, Tactical Survival by Chuck Remsburg. And I started reading that Remsburg could put into words how to increase your tactical knowledge on the street and save a life, not only your own or a fellow officer's, but save a life of a citizen that, that might be you know, exhibiting these traits that you think are dangerous or deadly. And sometimes cops make mistakes. Uh, Love the Fall of Empires by uh, O'Brien. I, I remember when I was a kid that I picked that up and, and I tell everybody about it because 
you're not the first person to have these incredible thoughts. Uh, we're not the first civilization that's uh, had everything and screwed it up and failed miserably, right? And then uh, I, I guess finally, uh, I love resilience. And I read a book uh, on resilience by Zali, and it was completely different than everything else I've read. When when we talk about mindfulness, uh, mindfulness to me is increased situational awareness, but not in the level that most people talk about situational awareness. I'm not saying, hey, what's that? What's the sound over here and stuff? I'm not talking about being hyper alert. I'm talking about knowing yourself and where you fall in your environment and your friends yeah. and how you can adversely or positively impact uh, 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 that environment. So, you know, and, and like Brian, I'm an avid reader. Brian and I don't get much downtime. And when we do, it's in a hotel room or an air, airplane. So we tend to read more than I think, uh, I think most people, like an old cat lady. <laughs> I've got books <laughs> lined up all over the house just in case, you know? <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's, it's, um, it's definitely powerful, isn't it? You know, when you, when you get into a good book or you can, Oh, yeah. Like you said, everyone's like you said, there's everyone's kind of doing everything that's out there, if that makes sense. So um I think people sometimes put their own spin on things, don't they? Kind of mm -hmm. improvise it in some way sometimes. So it's kind of like, you know, I like thinking grow rich, but there's lots of lots of books that are just stem from that and they just kind of sure. um you know spout from that. But I, I think like, you know, the book you mentioned like sounds really good. And I think you can definitely take a lot from books and so i think sometimes in your life you can definitely i think relate to it if you know you can read a book and you can kind of see yourself in what what i i think you need to do and not that i give advice all all day every day to everybody even people that don't listen i'm grabbing people on the road and telling them uh you a lot of times in in your post adam and and, and specifically a lot of times on your podcast you'll have people that have a bent towards self-help self-improvement, which is fantastic. That's yeah. absolutely fine. And you know, as we do, that there's some charlatans out there that just want to take your money. You know, I'll tell you the three things of the five things, but it's obvious that you're a fan. And I would challenge you that your story is more interesting than anybody you've had on the show so far. And that needs to turn into a book because there would be people <laughs> that were out there going, holy crap, how did this guy take all this adversity yeah. that he faced as a young man? and turn it into such a positive. And I'll tell you, the other thing is your learning curve when, and I know ours is horrible. Uh, look at our early work, but <laughs> when I see uh, some of the stuff that I wrote or that I did a few years back, uh, you know, I always look at it and I smile and I go, Oh, if I only knew, but the idea is that's how you got to where you are yeah. now. I, I'd, I'd read that book. Uh, honestly, Adam, I think that'd be a great one. No, I really, I really appreciate that. It really, really means a lot. And, um, I've never really thought, I don't know, it's weird. I've never thought about, yeah, no one's ever said to me, like, you're like one of the first people I think who said, you know, should do a book. Um, my mom wants me to- well, my Most, most people are a... telling you, get out of my pub or <laughs> yeah. stop breaking yeah. into my car. That's yeah. most support put down, Adam gets me. Put down my TV. You, bass, you little rascal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, and yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? I think like, you know, your experience, you can definitely- encapsulate it and i think i think because it's so long ago I, I haven't forgot about it but it doesn't seem as big if that makes sense i think because i've dealt with it you know it mm -hmm. we can kind of sometimes i think i think it's part of being a person sometimes people go oh no it's nothing you know when it's such a big thing but i think yeah but no i really appreciate that and i think you never know one day you know might have to do it and um but yeah, it's, I think, you know, that, that, that experience I had and those experiences, um, 
yeah, it, it's kind of a full circle almost. I think if that hadn't have happened, hadn't have gone through those things, wouldn't be here now doing this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, like with you guys as well. Do you, do you think can you relate to that in some way? Like, do you think things happen and then for a reason and kind of click into place? Yeah, I mean, you can you can put value to it and say it's for a reason or because of this or divine intervention, or you can get into, you know, uh, game theory, uh, thermodynamics, however you want to explain it, but mm. it's true. Like the problem is I have with a lot of stuff where people talk about it out there is like, it was like that whole book. And I think they did a series of like the secret and this is the secret oh, yeah. of human. It's like you're, 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 you're taking something and mystifying it to sell tickets. I'd rather take it the opposite way and demystify mm -hmm. it so you can understand it. Cause that's true is what you there's, I can say what you put out into the world, it will eventually come back to you. Right. So you can say that I can have a, mm -hmm. I can have the best physicist in the world explain to you how quantum mechanics works and how physics works and prove that, that what I just said to be true. Well, you can also get a religious uh, individual to say that same thing. You can also get a mathematician to say that you can get uh, some spiritual guru to say that whatever it is like, so you, whatever you want to take to explain it, but we're talking about some, some just inherent truths about life and, and how you handle those things. And so so it, it, it's, it's really just a, it, kind of looking at it, however you want to explain it is fine. But, but yeah, it, well, you know, what Greg's always great at is that, you know, and I had to get better at it was, and I have greatly over the last few years is that, Hey, you never know, you don't know who you're going to meet, what it is. And, and that's the thing is like, if you don't see, if you're not open to that experience, like, like Greg has more photos of him and like random, not famous people, but people we know of from big events that occurred like mm. met in an airport or something like that. I'm like, Jesus, I never would have even seen that guy. You know, I've never would have, that never would have happened. So if you're not open to those experiences, you know, and Greg keeps telling me this at the hotel room, every time we stay somewhere, you know, I'm never going to go anywhere. I had to explain to him. No, 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 no. We, each Brian, get, our just own, curious. we get our own I'm separate just room, Greg, we're our own separate room. <laughs> And so he, oh, I thought you said one room and two beds. No, 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 no. Yeah. One bed, two beds. So, 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 but, but, but having that ability to do that, and know what you're putting out there is going to come Certainly. back. So, so, so what, what do you want to, what do you want to put out there? What do you want to, what do you want to come or better yet? What do you want to come back to you? Cause, cause if you want that to come back, then you got to put it out first. Um. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a deep topic, isn't it? I think there's, you know, I think what you put out there into the world does come back to you, doesn't it? And I think, you know, like if you're putting out positive energy, you know, positive positivity or you're being negative to people, you know, people people aren't going to want to be around that person and someone's probably going to do something to that person. You know, you see it in, um, in the news, in the media, you know, things happen and people end up getting into certain situations. But then, like, you know, we're in... Like the work that you do, you peel back those layers and you look, you don't just see the headline of the news, you really peel it back and you look at all those things that led up to that event. And it's a bit like, you know, with what you mentioned, you know, what you what you kind of give out, you, you know, is gonna come back to you, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And um and um yeah, I've just got a few questions as well. Like um, if you could sit around a table. I don't want to put you on the spot uh, with a couple of people who are alive and it could be anyone, who would they be um, to have a conversation with you? If you could pick like a 
couple of people, even if you can think of one. Do they have to be alive? Think, if you can't think of anyone who's alive, you can you can pick someone who's who's passed over. Because because I I, I I'll, I'll jump in with a couple that I I would love uh, to conduct interviews with because I've I've done some incredible interviews with some very interesting people over the years. Uh, uh, and I would say my, my one, two, and three would be uh, writing down here quickly, Kurt Cobain, huh. uh, Fred, Freddie Mercury, mm, yeah. and John, John Holmes. Uh, and everybody is going to give you a, a lie for an answer. They're going to say Jesus, Gandhi, and you know something like that. Or, or if it's a live person, they're going to say you know this and that. And yeah, that's all cool. What, what I would like to do is I would like to look inside somebody's mind like Kurt Cobain had it all. He had the world by the ass. Mm. Uh, he invented something that had never been there before. He was uh, laying down uh, uh, lyrics and, and melodies that, that just opened people's minds. And then he ended up uh, uh, conversely opening this with a shotgun. Uh, yeah. what, what happened? You know, I'd like to talk to him in those last moments. Uh, Freddie Mercury, everything I've read uh, uh, and seen about uh, Freddie Mercury, he was handed a place in life. And he said, nah, not so much. I'm going to be this guy. This is who I am. This is how I'm going to do things. Yeah. And I kind of model myself after him. I actually have a couple of his old outfits I squeeze into and uh, parade around the house. <laughs> and then John Holmes. So John Holmes and, and ladies and men out there, don't think I'm trying to be uh, uh, salacious or ridiculous. But John Holmes was a, uh, an American porn star that was born with some attributes that made him perfect for his job. Let's put that there. And uh, John Holmes ended up uh, being cross-addicted and codependent to so many drugs and being at a crime scene, which was a horrible uh, uh, murder, and, and then uh, ultimately, you know, dying of, of, of a, a horrific disease. I'd like to see just where that crossroads or that nexus, you know, what were your decision-making functions that failed? What happened mm. to lead? to those things because then i think that maybe if i saw them in somebody else i could fix them but i'm always trying to do that yeah often they're really good good examples yeah that's that's interesting that you you so my first one that came out you said kirk cobain mine was actually Jimi hendrix kind of almost for similar reasons but how, how hmm. unbelievable but yeah but because i want to know how he took so you had actually in, in, in England there, especially back in the 60s, Adam, you had a lot of the guys like, you know, Eric Clapton and you had all those other folks yeah. and all these people, but they, they would, they were taking a lot of this blues music out of the South and the U.S. and kind of creating rock and roll. And that was happening here in the U.S. too, but you had this, this yeah. sound, but, but Hendrix took it to such a different level and he actually got to start more so in, in England than the U.S. before he got bigger sure in the U.S., right? And so I want to just like, what, how did he do that? How did he take something and come in and go, I'm going to do something that no one has ever seen of, could ever think of possibly and just everyone's mouth on the floor. Like, what was that process and how to do it? Like, it just like, I don't know how that worked or how we see. I just want to be able to like, how do you see the world? So that was definitely my first one. My kind of like historical one is um, uh, actually Thomas Paine. So I go back to, to the kind of start of our, our country. And I even read his stuff, even as a little kid, my, my old man had me reading this stuff when I was a really young kid about like, hey, this is what democracy is and this is where it comes from and and i gotta like it kind of clicked with me or it just made sense versus other things that were kind of probably some of it beyond my reading comprehension at the time but trying to figure this out mm -hmm. or what does this mean and when he his wrote and he wrote common sense i went well 
shit, that does make sense, you know, about and, and <laughs> everything that he's pulling from, from his historical knowledge of every civilization, every thought, every government that's gone before him. And, and then what, what, what we're trying to do in the U S so I would just be able to have that conversation would be so cool. And then I think the third would have to be, I just thought of this now would be, uh, uh would be Bruce Lee. And yeah. I think because same thing, he took something in his training and went from everyone's right here. And he went, no, we need to be way over here. And this is mm-hmm. how, because at once he came, like he came along and then everything changed and he was the one who changed. Jimi Hendrix came along and everything changed after that. There was, there was before him and there was after him. So it's like you, you, they have this because they, they have a, a, a grasp and a foundation in the history of what they're doing and took it, went, you know what? I can make this so much cooler and just turn like, I mean, and, and Thomas Paine is another similar kind of example of how they did that. And all, a lot of the founding fathers for our nation, but it, it, th- those are always to me, it's like, this is what was going on. What did you know at that time? What clicked in your head that went, mm. no, it's gotta be like this. And then everything changed after. Mm. I think it's those types of people are always just fascinating to me. And yeah. I'm fascinated by your choices, Brian. That shows a lot about you. And Adam, I finally came up with somebody that's alive that I'd like to interview. And it, it's yeah, going to yeah. sound uh, uh, odd. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, I, I literally have a section, a cabinet back here. Uh, I've read everything that Hillary Clinton's written. I've read every story and book about Hillary Clinton because I'm fascinated about Hillary Rodham and then how she became Hillary Clinton and what she did. And there's a uh, mesmerizing effect that goes on with this woman. She almost became our president, and she was convinced that she was going to break the glass ceiling. Yeah, so many mm. major females had done before her, but her drive, her uh, legion, her group of of uh, uh, friends, both you know, uh, uh, allegedly legal and illegal, let's say, are fascinating to me. And to see what she had to put up with to become who she was, what she had to give away, what she had to trade and sell. Uh, to become who she was is fascinating to me. And I, I think we could all learn to not always take our heroes, sometimes take people that we're not sure about or we're willing to throw under mm. the bus, so to speak, and read up about them too. And, and sometimes you'll find out that, hey, man, they had the same drive that you do. They have the, the same basic uh, chemistry or makeup that you did, and they did something vastly different with their time. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, when you think of people and, you know, like you think of like uh, Hillary Clinton and Jimi Hendrix and Kirk Bain and, uh, you know, Thomas Paine, the guy you mentioned, like, you know, like, like uh, you think of rock and roll and like heavy metal. And I, I, I got into Jimi Hendrix recently and I play his music in my car and I just drift away. Yeah. I'm like, this is something else. It just, the sounds yep. it just it gives me goosebumps thinking about yeah. it yeah I, I just got him right now thinking about him playing yeah. the, the, the national our national anthem like live yeah. just like you hear that opening riff and you just go what the hell is that like it's so cool mm. well and by the time this broadcast airs it'll be uh the anniversary of marvin gay's death and and i wrote something on marvin gay because marvin gay, yeah. a motown fan yeah and uh you want to you want to listen to something listen to uh, uh marvin gay sit back put on the headphones and uh, uh, listen to what's going on. You know, what's going on? And all of a sudden, you'll see all the same trials and tribulations that we're facing now. If you don't have an appreciation for the Beatles, if you've never sat down and listened to some of the angst that was going on in their life, 
it's amazing. So mm. music, like, like poetry, like Shakespeare, music can fill those voids in your life and give you that aha moment. Hey, wait a minute. Mm. I'm not the first person facing this. I'm not the first person out of a job or out of a house or, you know what I'm saying? Wondering where my next meal is going to come from. And sometimes mm. those things can give you strength. They can give you power. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And it, it reminds me of, uh, is it Bob Dylan as well? Some of the songs that he did. Yep. Um, pretty, pretty deep. Did you think of anyone alive, alive, Brian, that you'd like to? Um... Um, I mean, I no, not, not right off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I, but I'm also horrible at these lists of like, oh, give me your top three this yeah. or your one. I'm just, I'm horrible at that because yeah. that stuff fluctuates. You should see him try like, to order at a restaurant. Yeah. Based, <laughs> based, based on my shit. mood. Oh, I can't go to cheesecake. <laughs> I can't go to the cheesecake factory because I have an aneurysm. There's too many options. I don't know what to so, do. So wait a minute. Now, there's place. a true story. There's a true story because we just did some in-person <laughs> training and the only restaurant that was close by was a cheesecake factory and the yeah. horrible storms and everything else. And I think we had like a $500 bar tab. Neither of us ate food or had cheesecake. I'll just yeah. let you know that <laughs> the only food that I ate during that entire horrible episode was like the lime in my was drink. the lime and the cherry, <laughs> if you remember. So it was the cherry. Uh, but other than that, man, and we're sad about that, but that was a big menu so, just yeah. <laughs> right in front of it. yeah when did you come no, over it's cr- uh, oh no yeah over, and remember dope is legal in in colorado yeah. so you know, you've got to be worried about getting back across the pond you might yeah, have to live here. stay over there for a couple of weeks yeah the, the, the drug sniffing dogs are just going to be hitting on you you're not even having yeah. any drugs on you they're just going to be smelling exactly. you like buddy you're yeah. so loaded here the local town's drug sniffing dog is on yeah. rehab right now yeah so. <laughs> oh man no it's no, I definitely look forward to meeting you guys in person one day. We'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely do it. And, um, you know, whether it's this side or that side, you know, we'll definitely do it. And, um, yeah, no, I, are you guys good for time? Do you, do you, I know it's about an hour. What do you, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bounce. I have to go. You just, we'll do another show sometime in the future. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how this one goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. That sounds it. good to me, but. Yeah, no, I've always have a blast talking to you guys. I'm really grateful to be, you know, your friends and um, yeah, connect, keep up the good work. And um, where can people find you on social media, YouTube is Arcadia Cognorati. Cognorati or just Left of Greg podcast. You'll find all our links to everything on there. Just look up Left of Greg and you'll, you'll find everything you need to do to follow us when you, when you come across that. So. And and remember the camera adds 60 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on your hair as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're honored to come on, Adam. Anytime, yeah, we yeah, appreciate yeah, it, no, brother. Thanks for too. having us on, you man. Too. We love it. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. No, you too. You guys take it easy. All right, Cheers, guys. Take it easy, man. So. Thank you so much. Hi, I'd like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope that you was able to take some positive value away from this episode. I'm also on YouTube at The Positivity Podcast. If you would like, share and comment or subscribe, it would really help my channel to grow. 
I'm also a certified and accredited life coach that helps people to live a more fulfilling life and to achieve their goals. Any questions, any feedback for my podcast, you can email me at thepodcitypodcast at gmail.com. And any inquiries for life coaching, goal setting or mentoring, please email me also at the same email address, thepodcitypodcast at gmail.com. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care. Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Positive Podcast. I would just like to announce that I have just recently created a Facebook group for listeners and for people who would like to network with other podcasters and to network with other people who listen to the podcast as well. The link can be found in the bio of my profile as well as the bio of my episodes and the Facebook group um, is called The Positive to People. All you have to do is send an invite request and I'll accept it for you to join. I hope to see you there. Have a great day. Take care.